Hello, everybody, and welcome to Gaza Guy Podcast with me, Mao Musa from Gaza. My guest today is Aisha, known as Ish. She's a poet based in the U.S. and she writes mainly from the influence of current thoughts or ideas. And she says that her writing is based around love and regular live events. And she decided to take her craft into new spaces. Welcome, Ish, to Gaza Guy. Podcast. You can find Gaza Guy on Anchor and Spotify. Don't forget to support Gaza Guy Podcast to guarantee more episodes in the future. Thank you, Gaza Guy from Gaza. So, hello, Ish to Gaza Guy Podcast. Uh, I'm so honored to have you on the podcast today. You are a Palestinian poet based in the U.S. If you would like to introduce yourself to the listeners of Gaza Guy Podcast, who is Ish? Yes, so thank you for having me. Um, my name is Aisha. My stage name is Ish. I am a poet um, based out of the U.S., but I am Palestinian. Um, you know, I love poetry. It's my emotional outlet. And I literally go to writing for anything that I'm feeling in the moment, just to release my emotions. Can you tell me what, what inspired you to write? So I started writing when I was in high school. And um, really, my inspiration is just me venting. It's kind of, you know, having a discussion with myself, but through pen and paper. And that's really my motivation. And that's what really keeps me going. If I ask you to share something you wrote. So this one I wrote is called The Go Around. I'm going to go ahead and begin. So moving in circles, merry go round. Merry to misplace, getting lost, I was bound. Such a big circle, I'd never be alone. But loneliness isn't resolution by a phone. That's beautiful. That, that was a piece of uh, one of them that I had written. What, what inspired you to write this piece or this poem? Um, honestly, you know, I write anytime, I would like to say mostly when I'm going to sleep. Um, so, you know, when you're in deep thought or thinking about something, especially through this pandemic, you know, a lot of people are alone. And, you know, you maybe you'll feel lonely once in a while, but, you know, your resolution isn't going to be through conversating through a a device, a phone, or a computer, or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. How long have you been writing? Again, I've been writing since I was in high school. So you know, I wrote the poem. I had to share it with the class, and you know, everybody was interested in it. So from that point, I was kind of inspired to just continue on. And I figured, hey, maybe I'll be good at this one day. When did you cons? When did you first consider yourself a writer? -ish? I would say maybe over the past five years. Um, you know, I was in high school about 10 years ago so over the past uh, the past five years i definitely would have started considering myself a poet i became writing more aggressively and um really putting more thought into it how do you think the current times uh, impact us as poets or as writers i think that really depends on each individual for me personally um you know i base all my poetry on emotion and current feelings so whatever's going on in the moment politically or you know in our personal lives 
is how I, you know, I like to go about my writing. And like I said, for each individual, it may be different. If you would describe your writing space, how would you describe、mm-hmm. it? I would definitely describe it as relatable. You know, when I write, I like to write so that when I put it out for people to read or listen to, they understand that they're not the only ones who are going through whatever it is that they're, you know, dealing with in the moment,、um, in their lives, or anything. That matter. What do you like to do when you're not writing? When I'm not writing, you know, there's a lot of things that I'm interested in.、Uh, work consumes most of my time. I do work in the IT field, so that's the most consuming thing of my day. What was your dream <laughs> job when you were younger? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's not that I didn't like this question, but I couldn't really answer it well. I definitely like to to help people. I can't say that I had a, a solid career that you know I knew what I wanted to be when I was a kid.、Yeah. But growing up, you know, that just changed, I guess, along the way, and here I am in IT. <laughs> Now that's way far from writing.、Uh, this question is about feelings.、Um, what do you think is the best feeling in the world? The best feeling in the world.、Um, I might have to say feeling love, whether love. that's from your your family in a relationship, just love in general. Because I feel like if you have love, then you know you'll feel okay and everything else. You'll know that there's someone there to protect you, someone there to guide you, and someone there to help you when you need it. What do you consider to be the highlight of your life?、Um, the highlight of my life. I I don't think I necessarily have one, but you know, being with my family is definitely amazing. And like every other family, you know, we have. Our arguments and disagreements, but that's got to be the best thing because there's nothing more important than family. Where is your happy place? My happy place, I would have to say home. I'm definitely an individual who likes being alone, so my alone time is just, you know, got to be one of the best things for me. It just creates this mental space that I love being in, and you know, the solitude. It just feels good. You made me curious to ask you about、uh, the definition of home. How would each define home? Home is family. It's as simple as that. I don't think there's a, a deep definition to it. You know, as long as you have your family, then that's home. And it may not be the same for everybody, but for me, that's. How I define it. What does love look like to you? This is another one I think I couldn't answer, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure I could answer that right now. <laughs> What does love look like? You know, I think like we previously discussed, you know, just the solid foundation. You know, somewhere that it's a relationship where you know there's potential for growth.、Um, and just like family, there are your disagreements, your arguments. Um, but at the end of the day, as long as you have that solid foundation, then you know that you know it's love. Oh, that's a beautiful definition of love. What does your poetry focus on, Ish?、Uh, my poetry is mainly focused on love itself, and you know daily、um, life events. I suppose I did、um, recently begin writing more on like the political aspect of Palestine. And that's because I am Palestinian, and I feel like as a poet, it's my duty to, you know, that's the least I can do is write about Palestine to shed light on what's going on over there. Can you share with us a poem about Palestine? For sure. Okay, so this is a recent one.、Um, I actually made a new video for yesterday, <clears throat> and I'm gonna go ahead and just share the entire thing today. Um, I should be publishing it this week, I hope. So stay tuned for that. It's called Miss Liberty. So I'm gonna go ahead and begin. Why do you get involved when your own are on their knees? Do you care about the world, or do you like to see us plead? 
Dead in the trillions, a political point of view. Does humanity exist? Committing murders through and through. International involvement. Miss Liberty, you're so intrusive. What happened to the peace? Your shadow is so elusive. No humanity in politics. The evil eye for eye. Palestinians dying daily. U.S. dollars on front lines. Dead in the trillions, but you support a genocide? Brainwashing your own citizens to cover up committed crime. Not to mention a hurtful past, but you've endured a holocaust. You'd think your heart was golden, but you're killing with no cause. When you look into our eyes, do you not see yourself? No humanity in politics, allies for oils. <clears throat> I guess it's death for wealth. Indebted to no one, world run by the white and blue. U.S. on their knees, at your command through and through. Our own people don't stand by us, neighboring with no help. Like the sibling who watches the other getting beat with a belt. Paycheck to paycheck, do you know where your taxes go? Life can be a struggle, but we can change being in the know. Three billion dollars to fund a genocidal war. What about the U.S. homeless sleeping on weathered floors? Dear Miss Liberty, I ask that you prioritize a genocidal war or helping your own thrive. Land of the free, yet controlled by the media. Home of the brave, the greatest cowards that'll deceive you. In my opinion, in this poem, you wanted to focus on uh, enhancing the understanding. Mm -hmm. how, how, how do you find your, your poem shed light on this matter? Um, I feel like, you know, my objective in writing this poem is to shed light. And the way I'd like it to shed light is, you know, just being heard by people around me even if it touches one person and they get a better understanding of where their money goes or what is actually going on behind the scenes of politics you know versus what's being um showed on the news obviously you know everything is filtered and you know people don't understand that there is more behind the scene going on than actually shown to us and that's really my objective is to tell them that hey you know open your eyes there's this that and the third that's going on and you have no idea because you're just listening to whatever's being shown on your TV screen. It is important also to ask you about growing up with, the, with that challenge or with that thing as a Palestinian American. What was it like mm -hmm. to you? What was it like to uh, see that they had no idea about what is going on with your homeland, in your homeland? Yeah, I mean, first, first and foremost, you know, I think experience has a lot to do with it. Like I had told you, I lived in Palestine for a year of my life as a child and witnessed a lot. And even going back every summer after you know you get to see the border patrol um the rifles the tear gas you know i've been tear gassed my cousins my sister and that has a lot to do with you know my defense of palestine because people who are here will just you know view the tv or listen to the radio and not really know what's going on be ignorant and biased but you know being experienced with the occurrences in palestine you have a whole new sight on everything going on and i'm not saying i endured anything crazy but you know you realize like wow we have it made here in america and it's a shame you know it's really sad to me who are your uh, biggest influences as a poet as a poet um i can't say i have one solid influence but one writer that i do uh follow most would be rupi core not a reader but her books i've bought and i've read i'm very um you know interested in her style of writing if you would if you had to compare yourself to one fictional character 
who would it be? Ah, oh, that is a good question. I'm not quite sure. I don't know who I would compare myself to. <laughs> I am me. I don't know who I would. Like it could be I'm in a movie, sure. in a book. I couldn't tell you again because I'm not a reader. I do watch movies, but I'm not the greatest at uh, remembering characters. <laughs> When are you most yourself? Um, I'd like to say always. What fun activity from your childhood uh, has been completely ruined for kids today? For kids today. They have their heads wrapped into technology, so I don't feel like they'll experience the outdoors like we did as kids. Um, that's definitely been taken away from them heavily. Do you think people should care more about doing the right thing or doing things right? A hundred percent. It all starts with your childhood and your upbringing. You know, everyone should have just that simple idea in their head of what's right and what's wrong. Um, if you don't, then you know that's just your moral characteristics there was obviously a lack and a failure in that coming growing up what goals do you have for the next five years i would like to publish a book and i'm hoping to do that soon in the coming year um maybe a second within the next five years um i definitely would like to reach people more people i should say with my poetry and have a positive effect on others and like i said before showing them that you know they're not alone that's really my I made objective and I think that ties back to me wanting to help people. Have you ever made a decision that changed your entire life? A hundred percent, yes. I, What was it? I guess one example would be when I was in college and, you know, I just decided that it wasn't for me. I got used to the money that I was making at the time and realized that I couldn't sit still in a class and listen to somebody talk to me. So I never got to finish college. You know, there are some times where I regret that, but then there are other times where I realize, hey, it's not for everybody and we all have our own path in life. Exactly. If you had to describe yourself in five words, what would they be? Loving, caring, um, really difficult. <laughs> those, those are my two. <laughs> I guess, can that take up the five? <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you get... Loving, caring, nervous, shy sometimes. <laughs> Loving, caring, and, um, nervous, shy. I like to stay engaged. Sociable. And I like to stay active and engaged. And, you know, yes, very. What do you work? I, uh, I do IT for a pharmaceutical company. What is your favorite thing about your career? I have to say it's that I never knew I would be interested in it. And now I absolutely love my job. You know, I've had multiple jobs prior to this one. And I must say, um, you know, I really enjoy what I do now, working with technology. For, for what in your life do you feel uh, most grateful? Mostly grateful, my family. Because no matter what I deal with or, you know, am going through, I know that at the end of the day, they're always, my mom and my sister specifically, are always the two that I can turn to for help or advice, anything of that nature. Do you believe in luck? I do. I believe in luck because I believe in karma. So I think both of those, in a sense, go hand in hand. I like what you said that uh, I have never been one to touch pace on politics, but have always been proud and very defensive of my Palestinian background. Uh, and that what inspired you to write about, about Palestine. Can you tell me about this? Yeah, so I mean, I am not interested in politics whatsoever because i feel like it's all fake and it's all for the money at the end of the day whether it means you know killing the innocent or lying to the public it's all fake to me and i do not like getting involved in it but because of 
you know, my experience, my understanding and the knowledge on Palestine. I get very defensive because I'm surrounded by so many ignorant people here in a totally different country. Um, and that was really my inspiration to start writing on it. Again, just to shed light on it and um, teach people, you know, that there's something wrong on the other side of the world. If you had more knowledge on it, it's possible to fix these things. What are the challenges you think the next generation will face? Um, the next generation's going to face, back to the childhood question, um, you know, issues with socializing without a device in front of you um, to, you know, block you and another individual. They're not used to socializing like we had to, um, not going outside. And I think that's going to be a huge challenge for them. Um, probably one of the biggest. Palestinians grew up in the U.S. always live in the struggle of uh, identity. Like uh, you, gr you grew up in a different community. I see you biting your lips because of that question, <laughs> because it hits you and hits everyone living out there, especially if you're a girl. What you see in the house is something different from what you see in your school or with your friends. So uh, did you go through the same struggle, the same challenge, which is the struggle of identity? I can't say am that I I've Arab, ever... Am I American? No, I can't say I've ever struggled with my identity. I know, you know, it's a shame to say, but there are some people who are, you know, embarrassed to say, hey, I'm Palestinian because of the conflict and because of the ignorance that they're surrounded by growing up here in America. But I can't say that that's ever been an experience of mine. I will say I'm Palestinian before I say I'm American, always. Um, and, you know, it's not that I'm ashamed that I'm American born, but I'm ashamed in the government of America. And therefore, I don't like to always, you know, say, hey, I'm American before I say I'm Palestinian. I am Palestinian. It's in my blood. This is where my family's from. And I am extremely proud and will always be proud. How, how do you think that uh, the artists like you or the poets like you who, who always share poetry, who always write, do art regarding mm -hmm. Palestine, how do you think that uh, enhance the understanding, raise the awareness towards the Palestinian struggle and what is going on in Palestine? You know, I think for the American aspect, I really hope like this will touch all the right people and you know, they'll have a change in mind, like, hey, you know, there's good and bad in everybody. Um, what's being put out on the media is not always true. And, you know, they open their eyes to what's actually going on around the world instead of just what's going on around them in their local areas. Um, and as far as Palestinian artists or Palestinians in America in general, I hope, you know, this touches them in a way where for those who are embarrassed to say where they're from or embarrassed to, you know, acknowledge it, I hope that changes for them in realization that, hey, you know, you're supposed to be proud of where you're from. Politics has nothing to do with your culture. And it's, you know, up to you to actually put that out on people. Let's go back to Homeland. Uh, what is Homeland to you like? Is it the place you were born in? Is, is it the place that you find love in? How would you define homeland away from the first question, which was the answer, family? Homeland, I guess it depends on how you refer to it. But if I were to use the word homeland, I would refer to Palestine. Um, that is my homeland. Although I was born in America, um, 
Again, that's where my family is from, and that is my home. That is what I know culturally, and that's what I will claim as a homeland. So to me, that's what it means.、Uh, when was the last time you visited Palestine? In 2006. Can you tell、I、me had, about that experience? Yeah. So I mean, 2006 was a bit of an odd visit.、Um, you know, like I said before, I've seen the rifles、um, with the border patrol. You know, checking the passports on the buses, so on and so forth. But that year, I was with my sister and some of my cousins, and the Israeli army had actually shot some tear gas into the sky, and it came down on our village. So we were hit with it. So we all had to go inside, and I think ultimately it was just a scare tactic to get everyone out of the streets because they wanted it that way. So everything is really at their mercy. Do you miss Palestine? Very much so. I、what、love you, it there. What do you miss the most out there? I think the scenery. And you know, it's like as soon as you get off the airplane, you um, you just get this different. It's a breath, a、uh, breath of fresh air, and it's just amazing. It's different than being here. Like, yes, this is a beautiful country, but just going there, if anyone has the opportunity to do so, it's a blessing. The view and the people, all of it. Beautiful. Let's hear you read another poem. Another poem, okay. You said you also write about love and everyday situations, everyday life situations. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and read this other one. I don't have a title for this one. It's kind of something that I just wrote. Interesting. Randomly, the listeners can't choose one. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> All right. So, seldomly coherent. I'm always left confused. Optimistic auras, a mental motive, a frequent muse. Projections of positivity, so simple to elude. Notions to lift emotions. We neglect our bottled mood. Realization of our suffrage. The point we turn around. I gave you so much of me. I'm only drowning underground. Hand always extended, forgetting about myself, hoping for something different. But I lost all emotional well. So beautiful poem, and I think you, as a poet, you were speaking to a different audience. Or、so、tone is different to whom you were speaking. Ah,、uh, so this is more so for、um, people that you always help. And you know it's not really acknowledged, or you know it's taken for granted, and you know you kind of just forget about yourself along the way because you're so busy helping others. So that's really what the focus of this poem was.、Oh, beautiful. What is your best piece of advice? My best piece of advice is to always focus on yourself because if you don't, you know you're going to get lost along the way, and、um, There's not really going to be if you can't help yourself, no one else can help you. There's not always going to be someone there to pick you up. What was the single best realization you have ever had? I think it might have been that because you know I love I guess being there for others, and sometimes you just forget about yourself, you know, in the moment. So I think you know for me it was more of a realization like, hey, you need to work on yourself. You need to. Think about yourself more than you normally do. I should say. If you could start your life all over again, what would you do different? I think I would have been more adventurous at a sooner age.、Um, when I was a kid, you know, I was extremely shy, and once I got a job and I started, you know, interacting with the real world, that's when I started changing. I was more social.、Um, And had I done that at an earlier age, I think that would have changed a lot for me. I would have been more progressive sooner. What is one thing you don't understand about yourself?、Um, my indecisiveness. I don't understand why I am so indecisive, <laughs> and it can be a problem at times. <laughs> so that's definitely something I don't understand. What is the most important thing that guys should understand about the girl? And it seems that seems to you that. 
they do not understand that females do not always need a guy um, to depend on. We're, you know, we're strong, um, but we need, I guess, that love. That's the one thing. Um, anything else, I think we can handle. <laughs> So that's definitely something guys need to understand. What have you learned from your past relationship? That I definitely need to think about myself more and stop being so open and giving in certain aspects or certain times that there needs to be a line drawn. You know, sometimes you have to just draw a line and actually sit back and think like, hey, is this good for me? Is it going to benefit me? Um, and not so much the other person because oftentimes it's taken for granted. And then you're left, you know, dazed and confused. I think that's the problem of uh, people who are beautiful from inside, pure from inside. They give, they don't, they don't want anything back. Um, when they're shocked how careless the people that they were with and they don't care, they get touched by this or moved by this uh, very much more than the, the other people, the other kind of people who, who, who don't care. So the thing is, uh, you, you should give, but you should not expect a lot from the people. Exactly. Be and I mean, you can't really expect, I don't expect, but it's difficult when, you know, you give, 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 and they turn their back on you. You know, it's not necessarily that you're looking for something in return, but when their back is turned on you, I think that's got to be the biggest, you know, pain at the end how, of the day. How should the one react when this happens? I don't think it's a matter of reacting. I think it's a matter of realization. You know, you're not going to react and hey, so go crazy or be upset. Exactly. It's definitely a lesson. And the only thing you can do with that lesson is just walk with it. And learn from it. What was your upbringing like? Ish? My upbringing. Stop biting lips. <laughs> my upbringing. It was um, very family oriented, and you know, I must say, my parents had gotten a divorce. So after that, we had moved away, and um, we were kind of removed from my family for a bit because we moved a distance away. And then my grandparents had moved back to Palestine, and they were really our rock for holding our family together. Um, so once they moved away. You know, me, my cousins and everyone, the whole dynamic just kind of changed. But it was definitely filled with love. I can't, you know, deny that. So regardless of all the emotion and, you know, family commotion, it was always filled with love. What makes you laugh the most? It makes me laugh the most. Um, I don't think that's a good question for me because I'm always laughing. I'm always laughing and I'm always smiling. Unless I'm super stressed. <laughs> then let's say what really makes you angry. It's very difficult to make me angry. It's difficult to make me angry, but I find that these days I um, can easily get stressed out with work and just everything, you know. It all adds up, but it's definitely difficult to make me angry. Do you have any guilty pleasures? Does sweets count? Because if so, then... I love sweets and coffee. <laughs> if that counts, then we'll go with that. <laughs> so let's play a game which is called either or. Okay. Hot or cold. Cold. Tea or coffee. Coffee. Movie or book. Movie. Morning person or night owl. Night owl. Shower or bath. Shower. City or country. Um, country. Social media or book. Social media. <laughs> You could have one season. What would it be? Fall. I love that it's not too hot and not too cold. Share something your readers wouldn't know about you. Not that they wouldn't know about me. If you don't know me, <laughs> my signature hairstyle is a bun on the top of my head. <laughs> As you noticed, Mo. <laughs> 
if you could choose three people to invite for a dinner party, who would they be and why? Can I ask what kind of dinner party it would be? <laughs> <laughs> That's very crucial to my choosing. <laughs> why? <laughs> Because I'm engaged with different.、Uh, Different kinds of people, so depending on what the dinner party is for, that's who I would choose. What do you, my what, three. What do you want it to be about? <laughs> I don't know. It's your dinner party. <laughs> Think about it. it's it's your dinner party, so you need to invite three people. Probably my sister and two of my <laughs> closest girlfriends. <laughs> you already have them there. How do you handle literary criticism? I enjoy it, negative or positive.、Um, you know, if it's Directed at me specifically with my poetry, I take the negative criticism, and you know I run with it to make for better content in the future.、Um, if it's positive, then that's awesome. It tells me that I'm doing something right. When you're writing an emotionally draining poem, how do you get in the mood?、Um, I can't say that I get in the mood.、Uh, like I said before, you know most of my poems are written before I go to bed. And because it's my emotional release, whatever I'm feeling in the moment, I'm gonna pick up a pen and paper, or I'm gonna pick up my phone, and type out the poem in the moment. So it's not a matter of preparing myself. It's more of a, hey, I'm feeling this way. I'm gonna write right now, and I'm not gonna wait on it. Where's your goal with writing? We mentioned this. I think、um, publishing a book. My, yes, I want to publish a book.、Um, but another goal of mine with writing is definitely to reach people, you know, in a positive light. Whether it's about love and someone struggling with it, and they read my poem and it makes them feel better, or whether it's about Palestine and it spreads, you know, knowledge. Can we get another poem about Palestine? One of the poems that I had done a video for too. The name of the poem is Palestine. We are. Um, I think that was just really a trigger poem、uh, to get me to start writing about Palestine because, again, I'm not into politics, but I did want to shed light on it. So it was more of just some background on Palestine and you know that we are proud and we are united as a whole. How do you relax?、Um, I relax. When I'm alone, and I think my favorite thing to do is light a candle, and that just puts me in a totally, you know, different space of relaxation. And a lot of the times, when I'm going to sleep and writing, that's what I like to do. Do you show your work in the progress to anyone? I do.、Uh, I want to say there's maybe two people.、Um, I guess dependent on my mood and who I want to share with.、Um, I like to, you know, I have my two people that I go to. And I say, hey, read this. What do you think about it? Before I do anything with it. <laughs> Can you guide us through the stages of a poem? How do you, how do your poems develop? For sure. So, I mean, you know, when when we go to sleep, I feel like it's only natural that, you know, as a human,、um, we think a lot before bed. And for me, that's where my writing comes from. You know, I'm going to sleep. I'm in my head. I'm thinking about different things. And that's really what ignites me to write poetry, and to、um, just to, I guess, get my craft going. And that's why I say when I go to bed is really the only time that I'm writing something, because that's when I'm mostly thinking about stuff. Do you find writing easy? Very. Very. I do.、Easy. Um, very easy. I feel like you know, as long as I'm thinking about something. And I'm in that headspace. It'll come to me and be written in only a few minutes, and then I'm done for the night. It'll make me feel better, and I'm good to go. 
What is the message of your poetry? Um, I'd have to say the message is just ultimately at the end of the day my message is to let people know that they're not alone. And that's basically it. I mean like anyone just you want to let anyone know that they are not alone. Anyone whether it's people in Palestine, whether it's, you know, someone here going through their own struggles, that is my ultimate message. How important that is in your opinion? Very important because I feel like there are so many people in this world that are neglected and although they're not alone, they feel alone because like I said in my last poem, you know, you can be surrounded by so many people and still feel lonely. So I think, you know, with me writing this poetry and wanting it to get out there, hoping that it touches the right people that they understand that, you know, this is not true. You you can feel lonely, but you're not alone, you know? You will always have somebody there. or someone who's going through the same thing thinking the same thing. No you way. think do you think someone could be a writer if they don't feel emotions strongly? For sure. I mean, you know, writing has no limits. Um you don't have to feel strong emotions to come up with any kind of content. You know, you can literally write your thoughts down and be called a writer. I don't find that there are limitations to this. You could tell your younger writing self anything. What would it be? Um, not to stop and not to be afraid of what people think because in my early stages of writing, I think that's what had um pushed me back a little bit. You know, I was always afraid of, hey, what if, you know, nobody likes what I'm writing. So I think if it were anything, that's what I would say to my younger self in writing. What what <clears throat> what was an early experience where you learned that language had power i guess i can say when i first started going to school you know cuz arabic was my first language so when i had started going to school here in america um i wasn't very good in english um so you know it goes to show you like hey you know hey i know two languages now and you can progress in such different directions with you know that knowledge whether it is writing or simply communicating translating you know it doesn't again to that there are no limitations as long as you know more knowledge how, how's how's your arabic going uh it's decent i must say i've forgotten a lot <laughs> um and like i said you know i lived in palestine so i went to school there as well um i used to know how to read and write very fluently uh i lost a lot of that because i stopped practicing um but i think i can hold up a conversation decently that's good do you view <laughs> writing as a kind of a spiritual practice uh yeah definitely um you know obviously for me it's my emotional release so i think that's very spiritual in itself what period of your life do you find you uh, write about most often i would have to say like you child, know people teenager, coming and adult i would ha- i mean i would have to say now i'm writing more than ever yeah so i'm 29 years old now um and in the past couple of years is when i really picked everything up if you did them right what else you would do <laughs> i'm not quite sure because i feel like it's a part of my personality um you know it's to in a sense it's kind of like my best friend this is you know i vent through my writing so i'm not sure what i would do had i not been doing poetry what one thing would you give up to become a better writer one thing i'd give up uh that's a tough one that's a tough question 
I don't know that I'd give up anything, but I think I would definitely give it more practice and more effort. Do you believe in writer's block? Yes. I feel like if I'm not in the moment myself, um, thinking about something and, you know, just ready to go off on a piece of paper or, you know, in my phone notes, um, kind of a writer's block experience for me. Drawing just blanks, not sure what to write about. But I definitely do. I'll give you the chance now to ask you questions. Do you have any questions for me? <clears throat> I was really intrigued and I wanted to know what your aspirations were and, you know, where you want to take your career and what you'd like to do in your future. As I told you, I'm uh, a poet and I'm a journalist. As a poet, I would like to see my work published one day. Mm -hmm. All that work that I've been writing uh, since day one here. I want to see it published one day. And as a journalist, I want to uh, work with international news agencies and see how how uh, they work and, and build myself too as a journalist and build myself as a poet. I want to see the world outside, experience the world outside, take a breath of fresh air from all of this mm -hmm. that I've been experiencing here for years and years and years uh, to build a life outside of this place because life could be built in such a place but it will take you all your life to build it all your time so it depends as a poet i told you what i aspire to do and as a journalist what i aspire to do but as a human i want to see the world for sure and, and i, I feel like you know that's to find the dream a place of a lot of people. where love is because love i can't see love here i can't find it here Mm -hmm. And I really, you know, I find that with my objective of writing about Palestine, I want people to realize that, you know, it's so much easier for them versus being in Palestine and, you know, having to deal with this struggle. Um, I just, I really want to shed that light on them. So, you know, I hope for you that everything becomes a reality and you can go ahead and explore the world and find the love that you're looking for um i really do hope and i know that one day that it's gonna come to you thank you so much what do you think of our conversation so far um i think you know it's been great we got to know each other um and you know just put i guess our ideas on the front line um so i definitely appreciate that thank you for that thank you for joining me today Kasekai podcast ish it was a pleasure talking to you likewise thank you so much mo
become a supporter of Gaza Guy podcast. You can support this podcast with a small donation to help sustain future episodes. Support Gaza Guy through Anchor.fm/GazaGuy/support or visit our Instagram page Gaza Guy and click on the link in the pile. Gaza Guy from Gaza.